Exodus chapter 20, and as you do that, our core kids are dismissed to their classes. <laughs> He's making sure everybody's going to class. Good. He's a kid's minister in the making. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20 and verse 15. When you got it, say so. so. And it says, you shall not steal. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we just humble our hearts before you this morning, and we pray that you would speak to us, that you would open our ears, that you would let us hear what you're saying to your church. Holy Spirit, penetrate our hearts with your truth, and let us not just be hearers of your word, but let us be doers of it. I pray that you glorify yourself, Lord God, not only in the preaching of your word, but in the hearing of it, that we would do what you say, that we would honor you with all that you've entrusted us with and all that we'll hear this morning. May we bring you glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you do not have an outline, please raise your hand and the ushers will be sure to get you an outline. I want to make sure that everyone has an outline so you can follow along. Uh, just keep your hand up and they'll make sure that they get it to you. Uh, I want to make sure you can follow along in the intro of the sermon. Also, you can take notes, uh, which is important. And then as always, we are disciples of Jesus. And as disciples of Jesus, we are called to make disciples. And I just want you to know that there are lots and lots of people out there that need to hear the word of God. There are lots of people out there that God has placed you in their lives to help them become the people that God wants them to be. And that is through making disciples. And so just know that God has put you there and is not there by coincidence. And so the call is great and it's for all of us. And so I encourage you to find those people that God would have you help grow in their faith and sit down with them. Talk to them about what you are learning. That's the way you help someone grow in their faith is to help them to understand God's word better and the way that God has given, given us his son and the power of his spirit to live out the truths of the word of God. And so we are continuing in our not optional series and we are dealing with stealing this morning. Uh, if you look at the first paragraph in your outline there of all the horizontal commands and just for those of you that may not have been here or may not know what I'm talking about, but when we looked at the 10 commandments, the first four, are vertical. It's between you and the Lord to have no other gods, to have no idols, to keep the Sabbath holy, and not to use the name of the Lord in vain. So those are all vertical. That's between you and God solely. But then when you come to the other commands, when you talk about honoring your father and your mother, you talk about not committing adultery, you talk about not murdering, you talk about those things, those are horizontal. And so of all the horizontal commands, even the most immoral of our society would agree that stealing is wrong, especially if it is from them. Amen. And so the reality is, right, like everybody would do that. You could be a gangster. You could be like the most immoral person on the planet. You will never approve stealing. You'll never be like, yeah, stealing is good. It's like two things that you don't do. You don't lie and you don't, and you don't steal, right? Like those are common things, you know, make people feel like morally, morally superior. And so stealing shows a lack of respect for the possession of others like adultery does to marriage. 
And so we dealt with adultery last week. We talked about this, this immorality that affects marriage, right, and affects our culture. And when we do that, we are dishonoring marriage and in that dishonoring God's institution of that covenant. And it's the same thing when we steal, when we take something that does not belong to us because we are taking something that belongs to someone else, no matter if it's a corporation, if it's a person, if it's the government, it doesn't matter if we are taking we are taking from them. Can we turn the lights on all the way? I don't think they're on all the way um, in, the, in the sanctuary. It looks a little dim. There you go. I know some of you couldn't see. So anyway, a little older in here. But anyway, um, nonetheless, it is important for us to realize stealing is an issue, right? Stealing is something that we want to make sure that, we are, that, that we're paying attention to what the scriptures say. Second paragraph there, in a culture that is less trusting, I put trustworthy there, but trusting is what should be there, that is less trusting due to scams, false advertisements, and deceitful salesmen, dishonest recruiters, aka headhunters, and the like, the church must must take serious the command not to steal as it is foundational to our dealing honestly with each other. And so this is foundational for us to deal honestly with one another, right? You look at our, you look at our culture. I mean, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, you see all kind of false advertisement out there, people trying to sell you things, people trying to get you to buy stuff that you don't need, and it's all around us, right? So much deception in our culture. I mean, we live in a time, man, you know, you, you, you think this little phrase, fake news, is because of our president, not because of him. He wouldn't have a foot to stand on if there was no truth to that. Are you here? It's just a reality. There's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of lies that are out there. There's a lot of false advertisement. I mean, come on, how many people, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but how many people have been buying pills trying to lose weight and you still got bottles of pills and you still weigh the same? You might weigh more. Hello. I'm just saying, like you took all the pills because they promise you, you don't have to change the way you eat. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is take this pill. They lied to you. Hello. But everybody wants that easy way, and therefore, they're doing what? They're spending their money, and you know what you're doing? You're being taken from. You're being taken advantage of. And if you're on the other side, and you're selling those lies, you're selling those things, and you are a thief, and that's what the Bible says. And so we need to consider that. So the church must consider where we are when we're dealing with this area or this topic of stealing. We must understand, third paragraph here, that God hates dishonest scales. God hates dishonest scales. And so he says this in the book of Proverbs a few times. Now, when God says he hates something or the Bible says God hates something, how many of you think you should pay attention to that? Right? And so I would say yes, right? I think that we should. And so we look at this, this statement, dishonest scales. And I don't know about you, but there are certain movies that I like. Um, you know, I love Rocky. Like I have all of the Rocky movies. You know, I, I got the five and then I got the other one when he's older and after Adrian died. Very sad, very sad. Um, I have Creed and um, I'm looking forward to the next one that comes out. Uh, you know, but there's another, there, there's another set of movies that I really, that, that, I, that I really love. And I know, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself here. But the Karate Kid, how many people like the Karate Kid? Come on, y'all know you love some Daniel son. You know, you want to do the, you know, wax on, wax off, right? Paint the fence. You know, you're like, you want to do this? Look, the crane don't work, all right? It worked in a movie. I promise you, if someone knew what they were doing, you would get whooped. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, it's good, right? Theatrics. But, but in, the second, in the second one, I believe it's the second one, um, when he goes to Okinawa and when he's there, uh, he's, he's, he's dealing with, you know, this whole, this whole situation over there, you know, and the, and the racial tension that 
that he's experienced being an outsider. And there's one scene in the movie, and this is just to paint the picture of what dishonest scales are. There's one scene in the movie where he's helping an elderly person carry his, um, you know, his, his wheelbarrow or whatever, his baskets to go and get them counted. And when he gets over there, he actually trips and he knocks over the scale and one of the weights falls and it breaks. And he looks at it and he's like, yo, you're robbing people. And what they were doing was they were, they, were, they were giving dishonest weights so they weren't paying people what they deserved. And so that is a dishonest scale. And so you're thinking to myself, well, I'm good. I don't have any dishonest scales. The reality is all of Scripture has to be applicable in our lives. There has to be a way that we apply it. What God is saying is that he hates it when we deal dishonestly with one another, when we deal with each other in a way that is not just, that is not fair. When we deal with people that way, God hates that. He wants us to deal with each other the way that he says. He wants us to deal with each other with love, with respect, with honor toward each other. And so last part of that paragraph, as covenant kingdom people, and the reason why I say that is because we remember from the beginning of this series, we talked about what? God was establishing who he is and who we are. In the Ten Commandments, this is what God does. He's establishing for us the recognition of what his character is like. And the one thing that we find in this command is that God tells us not to be thieves because he's not. He tells us not to steal because he does not steal. He's telling us you are to reflect me. You are to reflect me in your dealings with one another. And so that's what I mean by covenant kingdom people. We must be trustworthy. And that is by us walking in integrity and showing respect and value for the possession of others. And so we walk in integrity, the way that we live, the way that we deal with one another. And then we respect and value the possessions of others others. And so here's the big idea this morning. As God's image bearers, we must be committed to giving and not taking. Did you get that? We must be committed to giving and not taking. When we deal with this command, you shall not steal, it is not just about us not taking. As we'll look, when we look a little bit further into the New Testament, we will see that this is more than just not taking things that don't belong to you, but this is also about converting our character to where we, we become more like our God and we become givers. We become those who give the way that God gives to us so graciously. And so the first thing I want to ask you to repeat after me is this, say, we must understand God's command against stealing. We must understand God's command against stealing. And so again, honesty and integrity are imperative for stability within any society. If you think about your relationship with your spouse, with your children, if you are not honest, if you are not integral in your relationship with them, what happens? There's instability. If you tell your kids all the time, hey, I'm going to do this, and you never do that, you create instability. If you tell your wife, I'm going to do this, and you don't do that, you create Or something else. But nonetheless, right, you create, right, I, I, you, you create a, a, a nagging wife, right, and, and that's in her. You create her. She isn't like that. You're creating that. Hello, somebody, right? Just saying. Maybe she is. I don't know. But, but all I'm saying is that you need to remove all of the fuel to the fire, Right? And so you create this instability when you are dishonest. And so when we're dealing with not stealing, God, again, is teaching his people how to deal with each other. 
how to have stability within the culture, within the society, within the kingdom people that he's building. How do we deal with one another? And so the question is, what does it mean to steal? And so when you look at that word, when it, say, when it says there in verse 15, thou shalt not steal, you shall not steal, it is the Hebrew word ganab. And what it means is it means to steal, to steal away, to carry away, or to be brought by stealth. And so it's a broad term, right? And so it's to steal something, to take something, to do something in a shady manner, right? Something that nobody sees you doing, but you're taking advantage of, right? Like kind of like embezzlement. Usually that doesn't happen like out in front, but it's something that's occurring in the back end. And if nobody's paying attention, you get robbed later on and then you have these issues, right? And so again, it's that kind of mentality. If you look at Exodus chapter 21, and I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but if you read down from Exodus chapter 21 verse 1 and you go all the way down to verse 16, you'll see that there's some laws about the way that we deal with each other. But I want you to look at verse 16. It's right there in the next chapter. And it says this. It says, He who kidnaps a man and sells him, or if he is found in his hand, shall surely be put to death. And so stealing is not just taking things. It can also be taking people. Are you here? And so when you stole within the culture and within the confines of the Israelite community, what would happen is if you stole an ox, you had to pay like four back. Or five oxen back. If you stole a sheep, you had to pay like four. And so what you had to do, there was a restitution, right, that had to take place. And so there was a paying back. But if you stole a person, you were put to death. And so there were different consequences, but nonetheless, stealing is something that we, that, 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 that was taken very seriously. John Calvin, he comments in one, of his, in, in one of his commentaries about stealing. He says this, he says, men steal not only when they secretly take the property of others, but also when they make money by injuring others, when they accumulate wealth in objectionable ways, or are more concerned with their own advantage than with justice. Consequently, all ways of wrongly appropriating the property of others are included under theft, for there is no difference between robbery by force or by fraud. And so it doesn't matter if you stole something, if you held someone up at gunpoint and you took something from them, or if you just deceived them and made them give you something and you walked away with it and they didn't even realize it until you walked away. They didn't even realize it until you were down the road. They didn't realize it until later on. All of that is stuff. But I want you to think about those things. Making money by injuring others. If you're making money and your making of money is hurting others, then that is, is thievery. If, if you are uh, accumulating wealth in questionable ways. Come on now. If you're making money in ways that are questionable, in ways that are dishonorable, that is you being a thief. If you are more concerned with your own advantage with what you get rather than justice, you are being a thief. See, what we have to recognize is that God has proven himself to be our faithful provider, has he not? He may not provide exactly what we want or exactly when we want it, but he is nonetheless a faithful provider. He proves himself to be a faithful provider. And so anytime that we steal, we first of all, we, we fail to reflect his character. Because again, God is not a thief. Hello. God does not steal from us. God doesn't. See, stealing, and, and I, had a, I, had a good, I had a good conversation after first service because when I talked about this, um, God doesn't steal. They asked, well, God, does God take? Well, yeah, Job said God giveth and he taketh away. There's a difference because God gives us all. And so he, because he gives it to us, when he takes something from us in his own way, that's not thievery. Hello. 
See, it's different with him. And understand this, even in that, and God has all the rights, he could take everything from you right now. You know why he doesn't? Because he's benevolent. Because he's merciful. Because he's gracious. Look, some of us don't deserve half the stuff we have. Some of us deserve a whole bunch of other stuff that we don't, that we haven't experienced. And God is gracious and merciful. And that should be the heart that we have. But first of all, when we don't recognize him as provider, what do we do? We fail. When we steal, we fail to reflect his character. But there's something else that we do, a couple of other things here. Number one is that we demonstrate a lack of trust in God's provision. When we decide to steal, we decide to do things our way, we decide to take rather than to give. When we decided that we're saying, man, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust your ability to provide for me. Another thing that we do that we don't realize is that we show that we don't appreciate God's provision. Oh, I deserve more. I should have more than I have. Why do they got that and I don't have that? And we'll talk about coveting last week. But here's the thing. We start to think in those terms. We show that we're not really appreciative of his provision. And the third thing that we do is we show that we don't appreciate or respect God's provision in the life of others. Because we're taking from them. A second thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, we must respond respond. to the New Testament Testament. standard standard of not stealing. We must respond to the New Testament standard of not stealing. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. As you do that, I just want to say this. The New Testament clearly, clearly condemns stealing in many many places, even warning of eternal judgment for unrepentant thieves. I want you to think about that. Because a lot of times, and even myself, when I began to start studying this, I was like, thou shalt not steal. I was like, ah, you know, not a big thing. Like, it didn't really matter. And then, I, and then I realized people are going to hell for being thieves. I think that's a big deal. Would you not say so? I think, that, I, th- I think it's a big thing if people are going to go to hell because they are thieves, because they are stealing. I mean, that's big. Jesus died on the cross for thieves. You know, it's kind of like white lies. There's no such thing. But anyway, it's like we feel like, well, it's just a white lie. It really doesn't matter. And sometimes we think in the same terms when we're dealing with this topic of stealing, but it's not true. It is something that is very, very important for us. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, it takes it to a whole different level. Look at what, what Paul says here in his admonition to to the, uh, the, to the Ephesian church and how they should be living. He says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to those who had need. And so look what he says first of all. First of all, he says what? He says, let him who stole steal no more. So the first thing that we see, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing that we see is we must recognize what it is to steal. We must recognize what it is for us to be thieves. How is it that we're stealing? Well, how about this? How about copyright stuff? Hello. Intellectual property, you know, we live in a day and age where you can, you know, you can get all kind of movies and download them for free. You know, you can do this. And is that, is that right? Is, is that okay? I'm just saying, like, is that, is that, is, is that stealing? Yes. 100% that's stealing. Right? Oh, for sure. That is stealing. Listen, I confess that I, a few years back, like when we first started our church, we, we, we were stealing. Because what? Because we didn't have this CCLI license thing. And so now what we do is every song that we sing here, somebody gets some royalties every time we sing their song. It's just the way the world works. That's how copyright is. You would think, oh, they're worship songs. That's what I thought at first. And then Lewis showed us, hey, that's not like that. <laughs> it's all about Jesus, but there's money involved here. Hello. 
somebody's got to get paid in this, right? And so me, I'm like, I, but I, I didn't see such a big thing. Nonetheless, it, you know, it's, it's one of those little things, right, to us. Oh, it's not a big deal. But yes, it is a big deal. Copyright laws, right? I, I think that that's an issue. How about this? How about playing when we should be working? <laughs> you know how it is. You're sitting at work on the clock. And all of a sudden, you get a notification. Your phone vibrates in your pocket. And you absolutely have to check that right now. You, you posted something on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever it is, and you saw a notification. Someone liked it. Like, oh, I got to check and see how many people like my stuff. Whatever the case is. Or you say something you're waiting on. You're, you're there. And you get on. Hold on a second. Do you realize that if you are doing anything other than working during the time you're getting paid to work, you are stealing? You took that phone call. Are you getting paid to be on that phone with someone else that has nothing to do with work? That's stealing, is it not? This is all, this is all thievery, right? When we're, when we're, when we're doing, we're, we're getting paid. We're not on break. What about, you know, real spiritual stuff? You're doing ministry stuff at work. You're doing things for the Lord at work, right? Like, you're, I got to answer those emails. I got to do this. I got to prepare. Hold on a second. Time out. If you are on the clock, you are getting paid to do a job. And, and that doesn't mean that you're free to just do whatever you want with your time because that time someone is paying you for. Hello. And so any time that you are not using what you're supposed to be doing at that time, then guess what? You're a thief. Listen, some of us, we steal from our families because we give our jobs family time. Some of us give our church family time. Some of us give our family church time. Hello, somebody. See, we all like to hear the first one, not the second one. Like, oh, man, you know, I'm, we got to stop doing so much church stuff. But wait a second. What, what about when you are supposed to be doing ministry and you decide you're going to do family stuff? They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Stealing is a big thing. Like, when we think about that, how about this one? Lying on your taxes. I, I, remember, I remember one year, you know, uh, a, friend, a, a friend of ours, they're not a friend anymore, but um, nonetheless, they, they told us about this amazing tax person, right? And like, yo, you got to go to this tax person. Like, they, I mean, off the chain, they got us this much money. And I, we were like, amen, because everybody wants money on tax time. Do you not? Are you lying if you say you don't? But everybody does, right? You, you got things you want to buy, things you want to do. You're like, when tax time comes, I mean, I've heard that so many times. Right? Nonetheless, went to this person, had them do our taxes. We weren't dishonest. They were asking us questions. Some of the stuff, I wasn't there. I just want to let you know that, okay? <laughs> My wife was guilty. No, I'm just kidding. I am joking. I'm joking. My wife never lied about anything. I mean, she didn't. But what I'm going to tell you is this, is we did. I, listen, I, I'm messing around. But here's what I'm saying. There were other people that we knew that went to this same person. They got audited, and guess what? They had to pay money back. They were in a bad situation because they allowed themselves to be duped into, and they lied about what they could write off and all that kind of stuff. And listen, we need to consider, is this something that is legitimate, is it legitimate, right? Is it a legitimate write-off? Is it something? That, because if it's not, you are stealing. And I'll close this point with this one. How about not giving to the Lord what is his? 
Now, I know, I know, I know we have some people in here, you're like, I don't believe tithing is for New Testament Christians. Great. That's you. But here's my thing. I don't care what you believe. Something belongs to God. Something. You, you got you to wrestle with that on your own. See, I gotta, I, I'm good. I, I feel like I'm good. I'm, I'm not on that side. I'm going to let you know right now, right now. I'm not on that side. I'm over here. I think there's enough biblical text for me to support a minimum of 10% giving for a Christian. That's what I'm saying. I can, I can, we can argue that another day. That's not this message. But here's my point. If you, if you, I hope they did. But if you say, no, I don't believe that. Well, the Bible shows you, for those that, those that don't believe that, that you should be separating something weekly for the Lord. I'm just saying. You should be giving. You should be sowing bountifully. Like that's something that should be. So again, we're stealing from the Lord. And Jesus' own words, right, he said, you give to God what is God's. You give to Caesar what is Caesar's. So he makes a point. He doesn't say, hey, now there's nothing that belongs to God. No, no, no. He's saying you got, that you got some responsibility. So pay your taxes. Do your things right with God. That's what he says. Nonetheless, we can steal from God. We know that for sure because of what? Malachi makes it clear. I mean, that, that, that's pretty crystal clear that you can rob God. That's what he rebuked these people for. That's what he rebuked Israel for. I'm not telling you that that's applying in, in this exact context. What I'm telling you is that we can rob from God. So are we thieves? So the first thing he says is he who steals, let him steal no longer. He who steals, let him steal no longer. The next thing that he says to them is what? He says, but rather let him labor. So the first thing is, figure out what stealing is, stop doing it. Look at your life, wherever you're stealing, don't do it anymore. And then after that, the next thing that you need to do is you need to do what? You need to labor. Look, that word labor is work hard. That's what it means. We're not going to get real deep into that. I mean, that's what it says. Work hard. So stop stealing, right? Labor, work hard. And then the next part of the scripture says what? He says, working with his hands, what is good? And so what is this? This is not just working hard, but also working what is good. And so what does this talk about? This talks about a good work ethic. So honorable job as well as honorable work. So working a job that is honoring to God, working a job that is an honorable way of earning income, working that place, and listen, that can be at McDonald's, that can be wherever, but it's an honorable job. It's something that is legitimate. It's something that you really can honor God within it. That, that, that's what he's talking about there. And then, or the other side of this, is not just a, an honorable job, but honorable work. In other words, be on time. Matter of fact, be early. Hello, somebody. Come on, Christians, take it to the next level right? Be, be, be an example, right? Be a light that shines brightly in the midst of this world. Let, let, let your light shine, like that light just shine right there, like let your light shine like that, like just, like just blow it up on them. Tomorrow morning, be like that light, be like, boom, I'm here earlier than anyone else. They'll be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> be willing to stay a little bit later. How about working harder than, maybe, maybe working harder than anyone else? How about that? Oh, no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm getting paid, you know, whatever you're getting paid, and this all I got to do. Hold on a second. You are a Christian, and your work is unto the Lord, not to man. You're not working for your hourly wage. You're working for eternal reward. Or you thought you were just working for your Friday paycheck. See, that's the problem with us as Christians. We think that that's all. God wants us to live higher, have a higher standard of living and working the way that we work. Our work ethic has to be better. And then the last portion of that scripture says what? He says that he, say that he. 
that he may have something to give him who has need. That he. So he says, listen, stop stealing, start working, work in an honorable way, and do it with a purpose so that way you can minister to the needs of other people, so that way you can be a blessing. See, what we have to understand is that God tells us to work hard. He provides for us, and he expects us, say expects us. He expects us to be a blessing unto others. It has never been a suggestion for the people of God. In the old covenant, when the people of God were, were, um, were, were gleaning their fields, you know what God told them? He told them, listen, don't glean around the edges. For what? So that way you could provide for those who are poor. So you could provide for those who are strangers. So that way they could come and they could have some. In other words, be a blessing. Don't be greedy. Hello. That's what he was saying to them. And for us New Testament believers, we're not gleaning fields, but obviously we're making money and we can be a blessing. Last week, it was so awesome. We, we, you know, we, we raised up an offering for a family that was in need. And actually, Pastor Aldo corrected me, but I told you, I said, typically when we have a need like that, you know, it's between like four and 600 bucks. And so we were actually able to raise over $1,600 for that family last week. So give yourselves a hand. Thank you for being faithful. You were a blessing to somebody, right? You were blessing someone who was in need, someone who's going through a situation in their lives. That is the way that we as New Testament believers are to be. And so here's the deal. God expects for us to be productive contributors wherever we are, not carefree consumers. Are you here? He expects us to be productive contributors, not just carefree consumers. Listen, if we are not contributing and solely consuming without justifiable reason, we are stealing in some manner. Understand this. There are some people, they genuinely they really, really, they can't provide for themselves. They're really hurting. They really need to be on disability. They really, they, they really can't. But then there's other people that are just taking advantage. There's other people that are just taking advantage of the system. Listen, I grew up in a situation we were not taking advantage of the system. My mom was like single mom most of the time and has six kids. That's not taking advantage of the situation. Hello. Right? Rough, you know, difficult situation. You know, dealing with that and going through that. But then there's other people that, man, they're, they're, getting, they're getting stuff that they don't need. And you know what's sad about it to me is that there's other people that really need that can't get it. And so the truth is that we as Christians have to do what? We need to be away from, we need to fight against consumerism on all levels, in all, in all levels of our lives. That we're not consumers, but that we are contributors. That we are faithful because that's what God calls us to do. The third thing I want to ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, we must recognize the cross in relation to stealing. We must recognize the cross in relation to stealing. I want to read this story to you. And so in 1947, a prison inmate by the name of Willard Wright consented to an experimental operation involving the cutting of nerve pathways in the forebrain. So he's going to have a lobotomy. It was an attempt to discover a cure for his urge to steal. Hmm. He behaved so well, obviously after this procedure, that he was paroled after two, after two and a half years. He secured a job, got married, gave every evidence of going straight. Five years later, in Pittsburgh, Wright was identified as the man who had passed some stolen goods. Police found thousands of dollars worth stored in his home. Back in prison, Wright simply, uh, Wright simply said, with me, it just didn't work. And so Dr. Edward E. Mayer of Allegheny County Court, he, he's a behavioral expert, he said that in his opinion, there never was any reason to believe it would work because a lobotomy reduces self-control. 
When detectives asked Wright why he had gone back to crime, he shrugged and he said, you fellows know the questions, so you ought to know the answers. <laughs> and commenting on this story, Time Magazine said, the truth was that neither the detective nor the neurosurgeons were any nearer to knowing what makes an incurable thief, let alone how to cure one. And yet the Bible has answers for both. You see, the Bible shows us that we are born into sin, that we are born with a sinful nature, and that we do what? By decision, by volition, we make choices against God. We are thieves in our hearts. We are, this is how we are. I mean, this is just, I mean, we're greedy when we're growing up. I mean, how many of y'all had to correct your children because everything was theirs? Are you here? See, some adults were never corrected enough as kids. They think everything's theirs. Hello, somebody. Right? They were never corrected. They were never told, no, that's not yours. No, you must share. No, everything doesn't belong to you. I mean, it's just a reality. Kids are kids, right? But it's because of this sinful nature that we are that way, that we go in that direction. And so again, the Bible shows us what the issue is. The Bible also shows us what the solution is. Because no matter what we try to do, listen, there, there, there's no natural lobotomy or anything that's going to make you change your behavior. It is one person who can do it, and that is God himself in the power of his Holy Spirit through the gospel, through the cross of Christ. It's not just about believing in a higher power. It's not just about believing in someone greater than you. It is about coming to faith in the one who died in your place, who died for your sin, who gave his life. So the way you can have new life, who gave his life so you could have a new heart, who gave his life so you could have a new identity. That is how we come to the place where our hearts are changed. Well, we are no longer moved and living in a sinful manner. And so what we realize is this, is that we must recognize the cross in relation to stealing. And so you're probably in John chapter 12, verse 6. If you're not, I'll read the scripture. It says this. It says, then he said... Not that he cared for the poor, but because, or this he said, not, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take money that was put in it. Who's that talking about? Judas Iscariot. Do you think it is by coincidence that a thief is the one who betrayed Jesus? Do you think it's my, I think God was trying to show us something, and I don't want, and, and I don't want to take this beyond what it, what it is, which is that for some reason, I mean, look, he could have been an adulterer. He could have been a tax collector. He could, I mean, you know, that's kind of questionable. He's a thief anyway. But nonetheless, you know, he could have been a lot of different things, but God chose in order to have what? A thief being the one who betrays Jesus and ultimately brings him to the cross. And then the next verse there is Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43. And you don't have to turn there, but here's what the scripture says. The scripture says that Jesus was on the cross with two criminals. And what we know because the book of Matthew tells us that it was not just two criminals, it was two what? Thieves. And see, we have this wrong conception because we think that there was a good thief and a bad thief. Can I tell you something? There are no good thieves and bad thieves. There are either repentant thieves or unrepentant thieves. One of these thieves had a revelation because they're up on the cross, and as they're there, they're, they're, one of the thieves is like, man, if you are the son of God, save us all. Hello. And the other thief is like, man, do you not even fear God? He's like, we, we're up here, and we are receiving justly what is due us because of our guilt. He says, but him, he is innocent. 
He is innocent. And then he does what? This is the second words of Jesus. He says, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, surely today you will be with me in paradise. And so the gospel is the solution to what? Our thieving hearts. The gospel is the solution for the wickedness that is within us. And when we see ourselves, listen, as we went through that list earlier, I could tell by the silence in the room, you were feeling the weight of, man, I'm a thief. Listen, I felt the weight when I was sitting down studying. Trust me, I feel the weight before you ever feel anything. As I'm sitting in my study and I'm like, man, I cannot believe that I am this sinful. Listen, that is what the law of God is supposed to do. It is supposed to amplify. It is supposed to turn the light on our sinfulness. For what? So we can amplify God's graciousness. So it can amplify God's mercy. It can amplify what the good news of the gospel really is, that Jesus came to rescue thieves like you and me. And so the beauty of the gospel, just as Jesus extended mercy and grace to the repentant thief, so the gospel is the solution for our sinful acts of stealing. So whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But whatever your sinful act of stealing has been, wherever it is that you have been dishonest with, whatever God has entrusted you with, wherever you have been a thief, God shows us what? He offers us grace. The question is, are you going to be like the unrepentant thief, feeling like you deserve deliverance? Or are you going to be like the repentant thief who recognizes that you need forgiveness and mercy? So my question is this as we close. Where have you been a thief? Where have you been a thief? My hope is twofold. Number one, that you will commit to Jesus to stop being a thief. And number two, that you will call upon him for mercy today. Amen? Amen. So I stand on our feet. Let's pray together. Holy God, we come to you today with our hearts humbled. We come to you today in full recognition that you and you alone are holy. You're different. Your ways are much higher than ours. And as we come to you today, Lord God, we do feel the weight of conviction as we look in the mirror of your word, the perfect law of liberty. And recognize that even in this, we're guilty. But we thank you so much for the cross. We thank you so much for the cross. And I pray that we would not take lightly the provision you made on the cross. I pray today that we would confess our sin to you. That we would call upon your great, great name. And humility and surrender, asking you to forgive us. But not just forgive us, God, but help us to be honest. Help us not to steal any longer. Fill us with your grace, Lord God. Let your eyes of scrutiny be there with us in the moments that we feel justified in behaviors that are not becoming. And help us, Lord God, to walk in the holiness that you call us to walk in. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for its rescue. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us that we may live for your glory and for your honor. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand of praise. He's worthy.